Getting ready for Purim and all the costumes. And if you're very fancy, you have a theme and your theme matches your Mishalach Manos. And then you go to Onats and you get all the blue candies, right? Because your theme has something to do with blue or all the yellow candies, right? So um, nowadays, um, I kind of love that the shoals in our neighborhood collect. So I kind of just like give to all the shoals. And then I'm like, did I fulfill my mitzvah Mishalach Manos like that? So the Rambam teaches us that Mishloch Manos is fulfilled by giving a gift, giving a food item to two friends, right? So we give two items to two friends, and that's how you fulfill the mitzvah of Mishloch Manos. So here we are, week number three, and we are going to tackle this mitzvah, Mishloch Manos. So all the mishpacha magazines and everybody's getting ready and giving you ideas and themes and like shrink wraps, right? But how do we fully understand the essence of what Mishloch Manos is and appreciate it when you're doing your shrink wrap and all that cool stuff? So it's interesting because you would think that when you make your yearly list of Mishloch Manos, you would think like, oh, like, let me be nice and like add all these new people. But the Rama makes it very clear that you need to send to your friends, people that you are friends with, your regent, right? And not necessarily to new people. You're not bringing Mishloch Manos to like, as like a, as a welcoming gift to the neighborhood. You're bringing Mishloch Manos to your friends. So it's like the same old. So every year my kids come out and they start making their list. I'm like, these same people again? Yeah, these same people again. And this theme is like somewhat common throughout the perm story. It's kind of like going back to the same old routine. Think about the story of perm itself. We start off the story of perm, we're in Gallus, and we end the story of perm, and we're still in Gallus. Even though there's some small like excitement because in the end of the story of perm, Esther has a son, Daryavish, and he's the one, he's Jewish. His mother was Jewish. He's the one who allows the Jewish people to go back and start to build the second base of Mikdash. But it says at the end of the war, we didn't even take anything from the from the battle. We didn't take any of the spoils of war. And it's interesting because after Pesach, there was this like huge, you know, insane, unbelievable miracles. We started off the story of Pesach in Mitzrayim. We leave and we're on our way to Eretz Yisrael Baruch Hashkadal, right? We're in a totally different place. Here, it's kind of like we're status quo. We're stuck where we just began. So what is it about Parm, about going back to the same routines? So in order to understand this, we're going to take a little bit of a teaching from the Arizal. And he explains that when Hashem created this world, he put in two systems. He put in this system of Igulim, which is the system of circles. And he also used the system of Yashar, which is the system of straight lines. So when you hear this, you're like, what was Hashem doing? Hashem doodling here? What are these systems? So the system of Igula, the system of circles, is the way that Hashem runs the world in a very distinct way with all of humanity. Jews, I mean, well, we'll get to the Jews, but non-Jews, animals, nature, everybody on the world and this planet is run with this system of Igula. And this is a system where the sun rises and the sun sets no matter what you did. You were a good boy, you were a bad boy, the sun still rises. This is a world where the Holocaust can be happening and the sun is still rising in the morning because it doesn't matter what you do, this system is in place regardless of your behavior. Now there's another system, which is the system of Yashar, that the Jewish people are run by. And that's a system that includes within it free will and that there are very 
uh, quick and significant consequences for your behavior. So that's where a system where you do good and you automatically get rewarded. You do bad and you automatically get punished. So if we were to imagine a time period of Yashar, it would be the Jewish people in the Midbar, right? We just left Mitzrayim, we became a nation, we accepted the Torah, and now we do something good and food falls down from the sky and we do something bad and there's a Magiva that wipes out half the, half the Jewish nation, right? We do a good deed and then Hashem will help us win the battle and give us Anani HaKavod and we say Lashon Hara and then we get Saras. That's a world of tremendous miracles based on all the things that we did. You read the book of Shoftim, and that's a book where it tells us exactly how the system of Yasha works. The Jewish people, they were lacking in an area. Hashem sent them a Shofet. He reminded them to do good. And then all of a sudden, Moab, Ammon, Edom, Plishtim, any of that nation disappeared. But as soon as we went back to our ways of doing something wrong, all of a sudden, Melech, Moab comes and attacks the Jewish people. And then Hashem sends a Shofet and reminds us, right? All of that is a system of Yashar. And that is a system that took us through the whole first base Hamikdash, that whole first time period. You read the stories. I learned Navi with my daughter as I'm getting, uh, as I'm repeating ninth grade with my daughter. Um, and you read these stories and they're incredible and they're miraculous. And there's, this is a system, this is the, the system of Yashar is a system where nature doesn't even have a place to stand. The system of circles is not even there. System of circles is nature, right? And then we're reading this story and it's like time stood still. There's no such thing as nature. The war needed to be won. The sun stayed in the sky for another few hours. You know, the Jewish people need to get onto the other side of the Yamsaf. Hashem split the sea. You know, same thing with the Yardin. Anything that needed to get in the way any, anything from the world of Igulim, of circles that was in the way, was totally just pushed to the side. Now, what happened was, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, the first one, we lost Nebuah, we lost this ability of prophecy, and Hashem kind of went and retreated and hid himself in the system of circles. And now, the Jewish people, for the first time, when they're sent into Galas, and here in the story of Purim, the Jewish people are starting to feel very alone, starting to feel that Hashem is treating them in an indifferent manner because they are not being directly rewarded or punished for the things that they did. So they went to the, they went to the Mishnah of Ahasuerus and nothing happened. No enemy came to attack them right? And they did something wrong here and they did something wrong here and nothing happened. And there was this disheartening feeling that settled into the Jewish people that was very scary. And by the way, Haman sensed this. He knew it. And he's like, ooh, this is a good time to pounce on the Jewish people. Ahasuerus, to be honest, was scared. He's like, I don't want to mess with those people. I don't want to kill those people. Look what happened to Paro. Look what happened to all the, you know, Mitzrayim. Look what happened to all the Plishtim. Look what happened to the people of Moab. I don't want to mess with those people. Like they have a really scary God. And Haman's like, you're right. They did have a scary God, but that God, he's old. He got old. He separated his ways. He no longer connects with them with the system of Yashar. And now is our time to attack. And that's exactly what he does. The problem is though, that Haman was wrong and he was dead wrong. Because what he did not realize is that even though it seems like we were sent out and Hashem just threw us into the system that he treats the rest of the world. Hashem was in a place of hiding. Hashem was continuing to, to deal with us in that system of Yashar, but it was hidden within the circles. 
A circle, right, I'm not so good at math, but a circle, it's equidistant from the center. So anybody who does anything, anybody gets affected the same way. A line, though, is a system where it's direct. It starts from point A and it ends off at point B, right? The Y slope, the X axis, I don't remember that stuff. Y equals MX plus B. But what we do know is that Hashem, even though he was hidden, right? Hashem hid himself in the story. He's not in the story of Purim. What we need to do is we need to sift through the story of Purim and we need to find Hashem in that same old routine, in that circle is where we need to find him. And what he does is he commands us to do things that make us feel that we're in that same feeling. And he gives us this mitzvah mishloch manos, send to your reyacha, send to the same old people. Because sometimes you need to reevaluate all the things that are in front of you and recognize the newness in it. You have to find the nuances in the old and realize that it's always being recreated. And we think sometimes like, why am I friends with this person? Oh, I'm friends with this person because I was always friends with this person or this person lives on my block or this person is my neighbor or this person has the son in my son's class. So we became friends. But what Hashem is telling us is that in that Hester, in that hiddenness, you need to find the newness. You need to recognize that, no, Hashem actually put that person in my way so I can learn something from them or I can grow from them or I can help them. So it's all of the old becomes new again. Even though the story of Parim starts off in exile and ends off in exile, we're still in Galas. Hashem says, find me. I dare you, find me in that Purim story. And that's the whole idea of Purim is finding that even though things are going round and round and round, really there's newness to all of it. You know, you think about wine, right? We drink wine on Purim. The longer it sits, the more nuances it has, the more flavor it has, the more the more special it becomes, right? The more the bottle of wine is more expensive, right? The older the bottle of wine, the more expensive it is because it's sat there and it's been through cycle and cycle and cycle, but you have to find the yashar within the circle. There's a story of, 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 of Victor Miller where his grandchildren walked in on him once and he was a little bit older at this point and he uh, had his head in a bucket of water. And it was a very scary moment, very dramatic moment for his grandchildren to walk into the room and see him. And they're like, Zadie, what's going on? And they were like shaking him and they pulled him up from the bucket of water and they said, what are you doing? And he looked at them and he told them, I want to remember what it feels like to breathe. And I want to re-experience that. So I'm sticking my head in this water so I can remember what it's like to not breathe so I can appreciate breathing. You know, sometimes we get stuck in the same routine and over and over and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And thank you, Hashem, for Shabbos so that we can re-experience and reevaluate ourselves and say, even though it looks like Hashem forgot us and even though it looks like sun rises and the sun sets and all of that stuff, no, Hashem is still watching us like a hawk, like he was in the Midmar, like he was in the time of the first base on Mekdash. And Amir Tisham, it we will come a time where we're we will be able to experience that system of Yashar again. So until then, recognize that while you're giving Mishlach Manos to the same old people, right? New teachers every year, but sometimes I kind of like bringing it back to the old teachers and they love it. They love it. Um, but finding that within that mitzvah Mishlach Manos can really enhance our partner.